Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. I'm Jennifer Iverson, and in this All for Love year, we're looking at different attributes of love. And one we want to talk about today is how love gives. We're headed into um, Thanksgiving and Christmas and just this season of gratitude and gift giving. And so we thought it would be a good idea to invite Danica Golden, our philanthropy officer for Mops International, to come and talk to us about this topic. Danica, welcome to Connections Podcast. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here and I can't wait for our conversation today. I love it. I love any time I get to talk to um, my fellow staff mates. And you have a very unique story. So can you tell us a little bit about your MOPS story and then what you do for MOPS International? Absolutely. So I was actually a preschooler in MOPS. Won't tell you how many years ago that was, but let's just say that um, it was in the 80s. (laughs) Anyways, so I knew about mops my whole life, and I knew that as soon as I became a mom, I was going to join the group, and I happened to still be a part of that same church. So Mm -hmm. I became a mops mom and brought my son in, you know, as a little moppette, as we called them back then. And my mom was also a mentor mom. So we had three generations in that MOPS group, and it was um, an exciting opportunity because I had no mom friends. I was the first one of my friend group to become a mom, and I thought, um, okay, this is going to be a way that I at least can start being around some other moms. And I have to admit that my MOPS experience in those early years was shaky. I was working full-time as a financial advisor with a faith-based financial planning office and was working, you know, 60 hours a week and fitting MOPS into my schedule was a priority, but it just left me at a place where I just felt different than all the other moms, but I fell more and more in love with the ministry as I experienced the love from the moms around my table and realizing we are all going through hard things that make us feel different than the other moms in the room. But when we actually open up and share what we're going through, we realize like, oh, I've got this hard thing, but you've got a hard thing too, and we can be there for each other. Also experiencing the love and generosity of my mentor moms was life-changing. And to have somebody that wasn't my mom be there for me was uh, such a gift. And so as I fell in love with the ministry more and more, I began serving in my local group. But then I got the opportunity to start speaking at MOPS groups in my state. And I got to show up and share my heart for young families and the crazy dynamic that we have with money. And so it was all about our relationship with money and how we can make um like the best next step choices to set our family up to be protected, to be prepared, to be generous. And um, in those experiences, again, fell more in love with this ministry. So 
Fast forward several years, I was at a place where I um, was ready for a career change, needed to work less, um, still full time. And I prayed, Lord, I have no idea what to even look for. So you're going to have to just plop an idea in my lap. And he said, well, what organization would you want to uh, be a part of the team and serve no matter what you did? And I thought of MOPS and looked online and the description of what they were looking for so aligned with my training that it just was such a clear answer for me of, okay, this is what you need to pursue to do. So now I'm in a position where I get to come alongside families who financially and um, like service-wise, prayer-wise, support this ministry. And so families that are investing in the work that God is doing, I get to come alongside them and share updates with them about what's happening in the ministry and ask them to support what's around the corner for us. And it is uh, such an honor to get to do it, especially because of the way that it's personally impacted me. It makes it such um, a joyful conversation when I get to have that personal mindset of I know what MOPS has done for me and I want to make sure that it is around for the next generation of moms. I love that. And Danica, I love your your heart for this ministry. And, and honestly, your story is so similar to so many of our other mom stories. We hear that all the time um, mm -hmm. about um, moms and, and their journey through mops and feeling alone even in the midst of it and i think that's the the biggest thing is that we all have hard things we all feel alone there is not a single mom that hasn't said at some point in her life i feel like i'm alone in this and that's part of what bonds us together mm -hmm. um i also think that topic of money is such a hard one right mm -hmm. like we all come at the topic of finances from different backgrounds yeah um we're all in different places with our finances um some of us that evokes a ton of emotions um and we're also in a different journey with uh being generous mm -hmm. um, so from your experiences what can you help us understand i i would love to encourage our leaders right now um, as we're stepping into this season at the, the end of the year and these conversations about giving and generosity are going to come up, mm -hmm. um, how can you, um, from your experiences and your knowledge, just be encouraging to them for how they can be generous? Yeah. Well, I would say that when I think back to the way that I viewed money and generosity through my childhood and my early career, um, I definitely had a point of transformation that now has allowed me to have a different perspective. And so I think that in, in just a moment now before jumping into what our leaders could hear, I want to say that like there is such value to doing the work of looking back at like, why do I have some of these, like, uncomfortable feelings about money? Because sometimes the way that we're raised or just choices that we make 
um, end up shaping our heart and our mind about money in ways that we just aren't aware of. But once we are aware of them, we can then make choices and steps to push towards what we want that heart and mindset to be. So when I started working in financial services, I um, had the mindset that people that worked with money, whether it was raising money or investing money or insuring, like they all must be slimy because <laughs> money is evil and hard and like, you know, just there's this feeling of not enough. But I worked for a man who really helped families align their faith and family values with their financial plan. And it blew me away. Like, oh, wait a minute. Money is a kingdom opportunity. Money is a way that I can invest in eternal treasures, or it's a way that I can um, encourage my family to do things that align with our values. So that kickstarted my career in finances, and that's where I got to experience witnessing generosity mm. across a lot of different people, people with not a lot and people with more than you can imagine. And one of the things that I learned in getting to know them and observing them is that people who live generously have a few thing in, things in common, and none of these things have anything to do with how much they've saved or how much gets reported on their tax return as income. Yeah. So the things that they do have in common are surrounding a perspective that they, they really embody love with this get to give demeanor. Mm. And you see it in their words, you see it in their actions. And so in that, three things. One is that these people who live generously do the work to take an inventory and therefore are very aware of what God has entrusted to them. Mm. The second thing is that these people who live generously speak with such a grateful spirit and those words, what they see and then what they speak, points out financial opportunities instead of barriers. So there is this, um, yeah, way in which they go about that it finds and points out opportunity. And then the third thing is that these people that I observed living generously invest in things that align with what God uniquely writes into like their own being, like the fiber of their being, their story. Like those are the things that they choose to give their time and talent and resources to. Mm. And so in all of that and coming from a foundation of wanting to be Christ followers, if we're going to model our generosity after God, who is love, we can look to the word, look to the Bible and see like in John 3, 16, the verse we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So if we like look at that verse and then model ourselves after God's 
extreme generosity, we see that God loved and he gave sacrificially in order to close a gap that he could see. So if we are created in his image, then we have that same characteristic and action step that we can take. If we see needs, we can give sacrificially and we do so because of love. Oh, I love that. That's, it's so intentional too. You know, it's not, it's not random. And that's something that I, I love. I want to go back to something else you said about what's common among generous people. Some of that's that intentionality. Um, some of that is um, I get to give that mm-hmm. mindset. Um, and what do you mean about being very aware of what has been entrusted to them? Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. So A lot of us spend a lot of time taking inventory on what we don't have, right? Especially at Christmas, right? (laughs) Yes. Or we start like making lists of what we wish we could accumulate or what we see in others. And so instead, when we take the time to sit and soak in all that we do have, we may very well discover ways that we've um, been like sparked and excited to give out of what we have. So like if I, I'm, I'm even talking very practically, like if I instead look at my closet and look at all that I do have instead of the wardrobe I wish I had, I then might actually be excited to give away what I do have because I realize like I have an abundance in this closet. And the same thing can go for if I do an inventory and look at the gifts and characteristics that God has given me and soak in and celebrate how he's uniquely created me, then there becomes an opportunity that grows that I'm excited to give out of what I have instead of wishing I was like somebody else. Sure. And giving what somebody else has. So when we acknowledge that what we have is a gift from God, it's a privilege to have what I have, however much or little it is. And the reality is if we're living in the United States and listening to this podcast, it's safe to say that we are privileged. Yeah, we might not feel it sometimes, but we really are. Exactly. Like I don't want to discount the hardship and trauma that some of us go through in our lives. But I can honestly say that if we're listening to this, we're privileged. And if we look at statistics, and just try and practically look at what's in our pocket. More than 80% of the world's population lives on less than $10 a day. Mm. So to contrast that with the average American, $7 a day gets used on entertainment alone for the average American. Mm. And about $15 or more a day gets used on transportation for the average American. And so to just put that into perspective of how the rest of the world is living, like we are privileged. And so we can sit in 
and humbly look at, okay, I have been given a lot and now I have this opportunity. I get to give out of what God has entrusted to me. So Lisa Bevere, who we got to see recently at MomCon, um, she has a book called Without Rival, and she talks about a statement that the Lord gave to her like in the middle of the night one time. And he said, Lisa, I do not love my children equally. And it shocked her. It felt unfair. <laughs> and uh, she thought, okay, no, I'm leaning in. I'm listening. He's, he's speaking to me. And he followed up that statement with, I love them uniquely. And mm -hmm. when I read that in her book, it helped me put some pieces together about how God entrusts different things to us. Like mm -hmm. part of his love for us is entrusting different things to us. And so one of those things is wealth, even if we don't feel wealthy. Also in that he's entrusting different gifts to us. He's entrusting different belongings, different skills, different networks, like those things that we have, he has entrusted to us. And if God is love and love gives, like we're saying today, then we have to come to terms with the uniqueness of what God gives each of us to give and not model our giving after the person next to us. Mm, it's not a comparison thing. That's right. a good right. that's a good point. And some of the most generous people I've met don't actually have the same level of income or security that I even have yet they see themselves as privileged. Mm -hmm. And that just ushers them right into this get to give lifestyle and attitude. Even when in my eyes, they have nothing, mm -hmm. they've, they've sat in and they've relished in all that God has given them. And because of that, they're generous. And so we think we think then uh, creatively about things that we can give. And so we can give from our affluence of resources, our time, um, extra space in our home or extra space at the table. You know, we yeah. can give um, our attention. Like we have um, so many minutes in every day. And if we can choose to give the attention of those minutes to others by being accessible to them, giving them our undivided attention, giving them our selfless, um, our selfless presence in a conversation to not have an agenda, but just be there. Like those are generous things. Those are things that we all have to give and can make an incredible choice to be generous with it. Um, intentional, but not overly um, controlling, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think that intentionality is a thread that we've really talked about all throughout um, this, this year as we are digging into All for Love and what does that mean for us um, as moms and as leaders. And um, I love that when we talk about Love Gives, um, it's not just finances and we're going to, I want to dig in a little bit more to the mm -hmm. financial aspect of that, but I think that intentionality, um, the generous attitude, the get to give attitude um, is something that can be, like you said, about our attention. Um, 
you know, we're doing this as a podcast, but Danica and I are, are looking at each other in a video right now. And I just want you all to know that Danica is really, truly all in and she is in every interaction that I have with her. I love that you really do generously give of your attention, your eye contact, your um, engagement into the conversation. And we as moms and leaders, we can model that for our leadership teams, for our kids. Um, we can really be generous with our resources, our time, our space, our attention, all of that. Um, I wanna dig in a little bit more too about what you talked about, um, pointing out that we see financial opportunities instead of barriers. Um, because like you said, finances is a big deal. So can you talk a little bit more about that concept? I'm trying to think of some examples and what comes to mind immediately is just for those of us with kids and the way that we're navigating everyday life and how stuff comes up when like we're being asked to buy something or there's pressures on, you know, what we're going to say yes to. And so so changing language and pointing out financial opportunities instead of barriers has impacted me around the idea of what I'm passing down to my son and you know those that I'm interacting with like encouraging them to think about the way they talk about money so that we're teeing up the next generation to be generous so I will say I'm not doing this perfectly uh, but I am trying and I've been working for a long time to change the pattern of my own brain and the own way I talk to myself about money and generosity and the way that I talk to you know my son about it. And so there's ways in which we can um, we can focus in on instead of feeling like we're harping on our family about being wasteful or um, reacting to say that things are too expensive or that we don't have enough. Um, I'll try and say things like, um, you know, we are we're making a different choice with how we're spending our money. Or um, if it feels like my son is asking for something that um, I just know is like way above what the budget is for like to just not react so quickly and instead ask him some questions to like create an opportunity for conversation and then when we have a conversation about money we can then point out opportunities or education on like what we spend money for on an ongoing basis just begin to give him some perspective so um Another example would be that like, well, Beckham, in our family, we we value making responsible choices with the money that God provides for us. And so let's say we're in Target. So when we go to Target and we shop, we go with a plan, right? Right. We should go with a plan. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. yes. So this is part this is part of how we're training ourselves while we're training our kids, right? Like yeah. We tell ourselves, okay, I value the way that I'm stewarding what God has given me. So when I go to Target or when I open up my Amazon app, I'm going with a plan. 
Like browsing is not a healthy thing, right? Like just browsing in Target, browsing in it it's not a healthy thing. And I think that we struggle with that with our kids too. So we're training ourselves and we're training our kids. And we say that this toy was not part of the plan today. We can take a picture. We can save it in a wish list. And then I commit as your mom who cares about you and loves you and wants to make sure that you um, that you feel like you are getting what you feel like you need. Like we're going to commit together to pray about this and we're going to talk about it and then decide together if it's a responsible thing to buy another time or save towards but like today it's not part of the plan but i can commit to you i'm not just reacting and saying no and it's off the table like we're gonna we're gonna talk about this together or even at home where it's like okay the toy area is overflowing and i can say to him okay i'm feeling like we could provide a lot of happiness to another family by donating some of these things because right now the pile of these things is not giving us happiness like it's just a mess and you can't even see all of the things that you have here to play with so i give him then two opportunities one would you like to help me make decisions on what we give away and who we give it to or would you rather trust me to make these decisions? And and then we have to do it, you know? Right, it's getting done one way or the other. Yeah, and teaching generosity and money management to kids like is hard. There's plenty of books and podcasts and things out there with really great ideas of how to teach them to save, share, and spend. So I have nothing new to offer there. There's so much out there. But what I will remind our leaders and our moms that are listening of is that generosity is more caught than taught. Mm -hmm. So if generosity is more caught than taught, then the way that we're living, the way that we talk about money ends up rubbing off on our kiddos yeah. and our spouses and our friends. And so when we use constant terminology like we can't afford that, it costs too much. No, 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 no. Like we are we're blocking our kids from developing a healthy mindset to be living in gratitude, to acknowledge that we have more than most and that whether we have what feels like a little or a lot, we do have the opportunity to make choices with how we spend and how we save and how we share. And it um, it's just an opportunity to give them some choices. Yesterday, I was talking with a gal and her daughter found the receipt for a pair of boots that they had bought her for her birthday. And she came to her mom just like almost panicked of like, I, I did not realize that my gift was going to cost this much. I can't, I can't accept. She's like 13 and she's like, I can't, I can't have it. Like on Sunday at church, they just shared about 
this need of these people that, you know, are hungry and without homes, like I would much rather give to them. And so that's like such an amazing example of like, wow, the way that they've exposed their daughter to that perspective difference of what we have compared to what others have, like that's the type of stuff that then gets caught and rubbed off on our kids and ourselves and ushers in this gratitude and generosity without having been so coached and taught and instructed on how to do it. Like it, it's a spirit thing. I love too how you talked about, um, we're really teaching ourselves too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we make shopping at Target almost a joke sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. um, you know, I go to Target, um, what do you mean take a list to Target? Uh, Target tells me what to buy once I get there. Like there's the whole meme that, that around that. Um, so in reality, what we're doing as we teach our kids is we're really helping ourselves to learn that, that yes. process too. Yes. Um, and I love, I love the words that you used when you said, um, in our family, we value making responsible choices. Mm -hmm. um, and and this is not part of the plan today, um, but it could be part of the plan in the future, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, just that delayed gratitude, I think I need to learn that sometimes too. And helping my kids learn that is important. Mm -hmm. That's huge. So we started by saying we were gonna talk about love gives. And yeah. you know, we've, we've talked about through that, through that, talked about it through here. Um, but I know um, we hear, like you said, advice about what to give, but sometimes making the decision of where to give is challenging. You know, there's that verse in the Bible in Matthew 6, it's actually Matthew 6, verse 21, and it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be mm -hmm. also. Yep. Um, so how can we be not only intentional about giving, but intentional about where we give? Mm -hmm. Yep. So I really believe that a key piece to what some of these truly generous people have figured out is um, just this process of embracing that our unique stories are a window into an opportunity to find where God's calling you to be generous. So one, one piece of that in our unique stories can be um, our pain. So our pain may point to where to give. Um, our pain can be, back to Matthew 6, like where our heart is like there's there's heartache perhaps there um, what are the things that break your heart think about what are the things that keep you up at night that are happening in the world um, maybe pain is associated with who you've lost in this lifetime think about if there's a way that by giving to someone or giving to a cause associated with your pain, a point of pain in your story, that by giving, you can put forth something into like the redemption of that pain. 
I love that. I love that. It's taking that pain and and almost turning it into the joy. Yes. The joy within it. Um, I will tell you, I am adopted. Mm-hmm. And so are all of my siblings. I have seven siblings. Um, and because that's such a huge part of our story, mm-hmm. one of the places our family gives is to that adoption agency to help other families be able to financially afford adoption. Um, they they changed the trajectory of our life. Yeah. Um, and so we want to be a part of doing that for somebody else. And so that joy mm-hmm. is something that propels us to give in that, take that pain and turn it into joy. I love that. Okay, so what are some other ways that we can be intentional about where? Yeah, so I have another P for you. We started oh, with love pain. <laughs> so now our proximity, mm-hmm. our proximity may point to where to give. So sometimes the Lord puts us in a certain home or school or neighborhood or workplace or shopping center or vacation, like you name it. Because he wants to put us next to or near a need. Mm. And so it's important to live like a servant who is like aware and ready to take action. Um, In Romans 12, it talks about like being a servant and um, kind of having the lamp lit, like live in a way where you're in this posture of that love gives and I get to give. And if I'm looking for what God has put in my proximity, then I will find where he's calling me to give. Mm -hmm. Another take on it is that if I have a heart for, let's say, um, I have a heart for widows, yet my lifestyle and my schedule does not put me in proximity to widows, I have a change I need to make. I need to put myself in proximity with the cause or the people that I care about and feel called to give. Because if I'm not, then I'm hiding from opportunities to live generously with that, you know. So it's either, you know, proximity by where we happen to be and where God has put us, or it's proximity in like a choice. I need to choose to put myself in proximity to people or a cause that I care about. This podcast is aimed specifically to leaders, but even more specifically to leaders of our our groups, right? Our MOPs and our Moms Next groups and and our teen groups and even some of our our global groups and military groups. I mean, all all of us. And so some of that, I think our proximity is we have a heart for these moms. Yeah. Um, and that God has put us in those places. And one of the ways that our leaders are giving generously is their time to serve these moms. Um, I also think sometimes we can get a little overwhelmed, like there's there's need all around us. Um, yep. And sometimes it seems like the need is great, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's um, calls to give for our schools, um, for our workplace, like you mentioned, you know, there's, I feel like sometimes I get a lot of asks. Yeah. So is there something else that can help us kind of narrow that down and decide where is best to give? Absolutely. Last P of the day. 
<laughs> um, our principles. You might instead say your values or like your personal pillars. Um, those can point you to where to give. Like we all have innate values that shape our unique characteristics and gifts. And as believers, like there's going to be a list of 50 values that we all agree are like good and um, honorable principles to live by and hold in front of us. But if we can narrow down on like five that feel um, the most significant to us, that they are natural and that they excite us, those can then shape where we're called to give. It can then shape um, that giving is joyful when we see it align with our values. So to give you an example, my top five values are creation, genuineness, responsibility, openness, and compassion. And so when I hear about people or nonprofits that really embody these values, or I see um, stories of those values through those nonprofits or people, then I get excited about how I can help them and amplify those values that mean so much to me. And it becomes this get to give opportunity. And so if you do the work to kind of bring to light your top values, then you can sit with, you know, all the letters that come at Thanksgiving and Christmas time and really go, okay, which of these really reflect my values and my heart? Or like we said earlier, my points of pain in my story or something that is in you know proximity to me. And it's okay to not give to mm -hmm. all of them. Yeah. And it's okay to joyfully and confidently give what you can because a little bit does go a long way. There's this book that I have loved using. Um, it's called Your New Money Mindset. And the CEO of the company that I used to work for wrote it. In it, um, it quotes a researcher who wanted to kind of come up with a number on how much it would cost to like solve all of the world's problems. And it's this huge number and it's overwhelming. And I don't remember what it is, but what I do remember is that she said that if every family in the United States were to turn over $5 a day from frivolous spending over to philanthropy, it would more than double the U.S. non-military foreign aid budget. Wow. $5 a day. Now, for some of us, that's a stretch. For many of us, we do spend $5 a day on a coffee or the dollar bin at Target, you know? So anyways, $5 a day can go a long way to make a difference. You know, when I align my values and then I consider a nonprofit that, for example, there's one near me in my community. So it's that proximity that I know it's helping people right around me. And they take um, food from uh, restaurants and grocery stores that have extra. And then they create these incredible, like gourmet level 
uh, meals for them. And then they go out in the community and set up a food truck. So it feels like, hey, I'm going up to a food truck and I'm ordering my food. Mm -hmm. And then they sit and they talk with them and they're open and they show compassion. And so that creation of being creative with these ingredients and the genuineness of um, an openness of conversation that happens with that ministry. And then like for me, the responsibility value, the fact that they're like preventing waste is this amazing combination of my values. And so I get excited when I can give them even just $5 because it aligns all of these things. So I hope that gives you maybe a little bit of an example. I think that's a great example. And the thing that I've heard from you just thread throughout all of this is the intentionality behind behind what we do. You know, I think as we walk through life, God's put us in certain places at certain times and he prompts our hearts. And like you said, our pain, our proximity, our principles, they're all what God uses to show us how to give. Yeah. And how how we can give lovingly. I think too you touched on it at the beginning the idea of um it's not a comparison. I heard somebody say, God is not impressed with the amount that you give. Mm-hmm. He's impressed with the heart attitude. Um, and I think that's why when you hear um, pastors talk about giving or even here at Mops International, when we talk about giving, we often say to give what God puts on your heart yeah. to give. Um, because like you said, there there are times when this just the simple act of something small like $5 or $2 or $1 mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes can still have a profound impact. And so, you know, obviously I think sometimes when I hear big numbers like, you know, oh, 10,000 or 100,000 or you know, I'm like, oh wow, that can really that can really do something. But the honest truth is sometimes it's whatever God puts on your heart. God is the one that takes it and multiplies it to yes. do something. Yes. Well, Danica, I really appreciate you um, just sharing your heart, sharing your story and sharing your heart for what it means to be generous and to give lovingly. We're approaching Thanksgiving and Christmas and the end of the year. And it's a time when we get a lot of requests to give. Um, So being intentional with our actions um, and our thoughts and our money allows us to be generous. Mm -hmm. We also know that our leaders that are listening, that MOPS has had a profound impact on their life. We know that they are in the midst of serving with Mm -hmm. MOPS right now and that MOPS may fit one of their principles in their life. From my perspective, I can see how MOPS um, really fits the principles, the proximity. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of moms are leaders because MOPS transformed their life. Totally. And it took the pain um, into joy in their life. And so if our leaders are interested in giving back to MOPS International, um, what is the best way for them to do that? The easiest way would be to go to mops.org slash donate. And there's a form there that you can fill out to make a gift. 
and that can be a one-time gift. Um, we also have a monthly giving program. So if you feel like, you know what, I'm going to turn over one coffee a month and instead of buying a coffee for myself, I'm going to send that to MOPS on a monthly commitment. Um, we we treasure that um, that type of giving as well. So mops.org slash donate and um, we would be honored to welcome you into that family of MOPS champions. Thank you, Danica. I'll be honest, if I would just be intentional about how much I spend at that target dollar spot, um, it might make a difference. I think that is that is going to be one of my takeaways from this. I'm going to paying attention to what I am spending in that dollar spot. Yeah. Thank you, Danica, for giving us um, some good things to think about and some really practical tips to use, not only in our own finances, but even in the ways we interact with our kids. Um, I appreciate you being here today and helping us to really see how love can give generously. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Leaders, MOPS has a gift for you to help you prepare your hearts for Christmas and remember why we celebrate this season. We've created an Advent guide. We pray that as you journey through Advent this year, your hearts will be filled with the hope, love, joy, and peace that only Jesus can give. Download the Advent Guide at mops.org backslash Advent. And if you would like to join us in this life-transforming work of bringing the message of Jesus to more moms around the globe, visit mops.org backslash giving or email give at mops.org to chat with someone. This year, we will embrace the transformative power of love to the point where it starts to affect everything we do, including the ways we celebrate what God has generously given us. Let's show others the radical love in Jesus' name as we live all for love.